Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, and thanks for downloading again, Rally fans. Welcome back to Spin the Rally Pod. We are here. We've got a big agenda. I have to say, David Evans, senior staff writer for Dirtfish.com, has written a massive list of topics we need to talk through. So um, everybody's going to have to have their thoughts precise and ready to fire. I'm not, I'm not sure it's a massive list. What's happened is I've written it in Word and sent it to everybody in WhatsApp. So when you see something in WhatsApp okay, on your phone, so it, it looks, looks enormous. Uh, but actually, okay. going through it, it is quite big. Before we get going... Objects on... appear closer than they may seem. <laughs> Anyway, hello, I'm, I'm Rally fan Lisa O'Sullivan. Before we move on to any of that, David Evans, Sorry. you hear him there, Sorry. senior staff writer for Dirtfish.com. We've also got our deputy editor, Luke Barry, in the house, hot foot back from Rally Croatia. Yes, Luke, they let you out of the office. You've been Good out God. in the dirt. That's not going to happen again. That's fantastic. Look, that's <laughs> not fair. That's not fair. And why did you not appear on any of the video casts? Have you seen him, well, George? Have you actually? David has decided to. Sorry, I am, I am brutalised by that comment. Luke, don't Sorry. you say anything? No, Luke, don't you, don't you say anything. I've, I've got your back, Luke. I've got thank your you, back, George. Luke. Thank you. I'll don't just you say, pick a fight against the Scots, no, that's David. True. Don't I pick a fight against. You, know, you know, you do know we retaliate first. Yeah. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may have just made yeah. him. We didn't give you a chance to answer, Luke, while you weren't in the videos. <laughs> Uh, well, we had other talent there. I think is the best is the best way well, to. We, in Venice, we had clearly, clearly, Luke. I, I thought you were a good co-driver, but you got all lost. So who was co-driving? <sighs> yeah, I, 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 well, to be fair, I, I did that to be polite and politically correct. But there were some questionable driving decisions made by David. Um, but yeah. I will say, I'm sure we all know this, but the world needs to know it as well. When David Evans is hungry, don't speak to him. That's no. why I learned no, hungry. In, hungry yeah. man. In Venice, yeah. I'm fine yeah. when Everything I'm hungry. Everything was around chasing lunch. In Venice, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine when I'm hungry. It's just when I'm given a middle seat on the aeroplane. That's when I'm particularly grumpy. Oh. And that happened last night. Oh, right. But that's... Oh, I did. Although I... That, that, that was a source of controversy because David wanted my seat, which he didn't get. However, David, I haven't told you this yet, but karma did strike for me because on my flight this morning back to Edinburgh, I was in the middle seat and it was terrible. Hey, <laughs> happy days, happy days, happy days. That is good karma. I'm, I'm an aisle, I'm, I'm a window seat person myself. Are you? Put me in the window seat and I won't move for the entire flight. Yeah. Yeah. I can do a long haul, a 13 hour yeah, long too. haul flight and I won't move, I will no. not move. Good Lord. No, I'm, I'm definitely yep. an aisle man. I, uh, I like to move yep. around a lot. I can't sit still. Can't sit still, but uh, no. So we did. We made some some good videos. Obviously, uh, uh, voice of rally. Mr. Colin Clark is away in uh, Tasmania covering Target Tasmania. So we were delighted to welcome Red Bull TV presenter as our guest presenter, Mike Chen, uh, to uh, to the production through Croatia. Uh, and it's fair to say, Luke, that Chenny went down quite well, didn't he? He did. It was quite good fun. Um, I have to he say, did, but his jacket, his jacket was very questionable. Look, he looked like a condom. <laughs> <laughs> nine hundred, nine hundred euros, George. Nine hundred euros what, for the jacket. Yep, for the jacket. Yep. Well, I should say, David, David, and I were wearing far more reasonably priced and far better jackets by Dirtfish. Yeah, so if you want those, head to not, the store. Yep. Could you it just say not, that again? It was How not much? stylish. It Shocking. was not stylish, Lisa. It was that was Alpha nine hundred euros. Alpha Alpha Towery, uh, but we, Lukey and I, were definitely Lukey. <laughs> Sorry about that. Luke and I were. Luke That's the sound I, of love, David. That's the no, problem. It's not, spent too many days. Me, a lot of time together. It is very much not the sound of love, Lukey. <laughs> uh, but we we were definitely styled by Dirtfish. Uh, shall we move on? Before we move on, actually, no, let's not move on because um, uh, I want to ask. A, I'm going to put any other business at the top of the agenda, and I've forgotten okay. to add this. George, 
I'm desperate to talk about rally. I don't care. No, no, no. This is very much focused on rallying uh, and you. Uh, and tell us how you got on in your, yes. in your road rally. Ah, road rally. George Fantastically good behind fun. The wheel. Fantastically now, now listeners, sit little, back my... and we'll see you a week on Tuesday. A week on Tuesday. Why? Why is that? Because that's how. Oh right, so just because I'm going to take so long. Yeah, of course. Well, it was only it, it was only it was a three and a half hour event. Three and a half hours, something like that. Constant driving, uh, 120 miles. Um, basically, or 30. Actually, it was four and a half hours driving because it was a 30 mile an hour average. But just to give everyone an idea of what a road rally is in Scotland, it's a navigational road event. My daughter, 19, was wanting to do a rally first first event. Um. She's quite good with navigating around up to a point, so she thinks. But I thought, well, we'll give her a go. It's marked map for beginners. There was a beginners class, four cars in the beginners class. Um, the uh, and and we would have equal won it, but for two mistakes, both of which can be attributed to the driver. Ah. <laughs> yes, yes, it's enough. No, so anyway, basically these sections typically sort of four or five mile section. Uh, some of them a little bit longer, some a little bit shorter. So four miles, 30 mile on average, you've got eight minutes. So you you get told to go by a marshal, just says, right, that's your minute, you go. It's not like a, a flying start. Some people tear off at a bit of a rate, but it's fairly pointless. It's a road rally. Um, much better off to get your navigation precise and know where you're going. Um, so it's worth stopping and just checking the map with your co-driver, right? We're coming up that that junction and... Sometimes the lefts and rights were a wee bit difficult for her uh, as, until she got used to the map and reading it and holding it the right way up, etc. Right. Uh, so typically, typically what happens is, um, Lisa, are you making a terrible noise in the background? I did make a terrible noise when you were making generalisations about women reading maps. I never made that generalisation. No, no, that was, it might have been... Do not call it a generalisation, Lisa. <laughs> do, not, do, not try to, do not try to walk me, Lisa. You won't win. You won't win. Did you say that your daughter had the map up the wrong way round? No, no, no. We we figured out the best way for her to do it. Up and down. I, I always prefer north south, but I respect any way of doing it. It doesn't make any difference as long as you get it right. Anyway, Are you she a map did terror, brilliantly George? well. She did brilliant. No, I hold the map north south. Uh, see, I'm I a map I, don't turn the map. I do turn the map, which is yeah. which makes me it's a bad okay. co-driver. I'll, I I'll make no judgment on that. I'll make no judgment on that. No, I think it's just however you see it. I've, some great co-drivers do it that way. Anyhow, Thank she you. did a brilliant job. Um, typically, you'll spend two minutes working out just where you're going. You've now got six minutes to do 30 mile an hour on narrow C-class roads. So very rural roads, very bumpy, sometimes potholy. Uh, with with fording rivers and everything that excited her she'd never been through a ford before <laughs> we went Fantastic. through it at some speed uh, not too much but uh, but enough um and and she had a great time and and uh, we 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 dropped one minute and that was due to driver uh, stroke mechanic failure um uh, will I sh- will I out myself here? <laughs> yep. That, oh. I'm guessing you were both driver and mechanic then. Yes. Yes. So basically, the, yeah. the day before, I'd fitted the most beautiful, and I'm going to plug something here: a Tine suspension, a T E I N. It's a, a Japanese suspension that I'd fitted to my Mini Cooper a week before, and I I set it very very soft because I like the suspension to work. I like it to travel. I don't want a car too stiff. So I'd I'd, uh, I'd set it as soft as I could, softer than recommended. But I, I knocked it up a click the night before. Uh, but then I got a call from offshore. It was in the evening. I was off duty, but I, I took the call because it was an offshore call. Uh, I tightened up the wheels just manually, but I hadn't put a torque wrench on them. Anyway, through section five, Rookie error. I, heard, I heard a little heard a little knocking from the back suspension. And I, and I thought, that's only, that can only be one thing. That sounds like a loose wheel. And then I very quickly realised I hadn't torqued the wheels. Um. Uh, so I had to stop and get the wheel the wheel nut out. Now, th- there was enough time on that particular section where I noticed it. We had about three minutes to spare. Um, so, but, but I'd put a spare wheel in a car with no spare wheel, so it was well tied down with, with luggage straps. Um, and it took me... We, we dropped a minute in that section, sadly. So that's the only minute we dropped. And then Has we also... Yes, she, she, she's lovely. So you haven't she's mentioned your daughter's lovely. name either, George. Samantha. Samantha. She is well done, absolutely, absolutely yeah. brilliant. She did. She did a great job. We took. She took a travel sickness tablet before she started. She felt a little bit sick on section three and four, but just fought her way through it and stabilised, and then had a great time. Um, and uh, she was very courteous. Kept switching the map light off. I said, "No, no, don't do that. Stay on the map. Stay on the map." <laughs> and, uh, 
but cool. she got she got the hang she got the hang of everything really really well. But we missed seeing a code on the second section, and it was I was pushing a little bit hard because I could see cars in front of me and that that overshot a junction. And we'd, we she'd already st- told me the junction's about four hundred yards up this road. Um, she'd got all the distances and everything figured out on the the little map squares and everything. And I could see cars going up, and it was a very narrow road, and they couldn't turn. They had to go a bit further on. So I'd raced up there to catch into this uh, this slot, and it was just at dusk. We were driving into the sunshine, and it turns out there was a code on that little four hundred meter stretch of road, which I didn't spot. Um, what What do you mean a code? So I, 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 t- in order to ensure you're going the right way through a section, so the four mile section, you'll maybe have about ten junctions. So you're going from point A to point B, a control. Uh, and, and there could be five or six different ways to get to that next control. You might not be going the shortest way. You might be going just a, a circuitous gotcha. way. So you get little code boards at the side of the road that the, that the rally puts up uh, with Saltire Rally Club and then a letter or a number on it. It's very simple. So you, I'm used to two code, two two letter codes, but these were just single letter. Nice and easy. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a great event. I mean, it was just great fun to go out for a blast in your car of an of an evening, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I really did, and we were cracking along. <clears throat> um, and sometimes it took us a little bit longer to work a few routes out, and because there was some extra little loops and there was little clues on the map to to show you, you had to make sure you got the little dog legs through through estate routes and things like that. So, any any uh, any any herring bones, George. No, there there was, but not not in not in the beginner class because all she had to do was follow a marked map and catch all these dog legs within it, which were were done uh, just just done by hand effectively, but but onto the marked map. So it was basically a map reading exercise for her. She didn't have to to work out any clues, but we got given just... all the we got given all the novice clues as well. But um, uh, and we were going to start on them on the second half. I said let's let's try a few of them in the second half, but. Actually, the timing was so tight, um, despite it being a 30 mile an hour average, we were having to crack on to uh, to stay on time and just catch just a minute to, every, um, every control. So it was great. Just, just to explain very briefly, a herringbone. Uh, actually, I, I can't explain a herringbone because I never understood them. <laughs> uh, but I do remember. Do you want me I to do it? Part, do you want me to do no, it? Hang on a sec, George. As part of my, I'm pretty much sure, as part of my interview to get the job at Motoring News, uh, uh, esteemed and much missed um, departed friend David Williams, DKW, who was the road rally king, uh, asked me, I'm sure he asked me in the interview, can you explain the herringbone to me? And I've got to be honest, <laughs> I didn't have the first clue. <laughs> uh, Did and, you fluff and, it? And, no, I just gave up. Uh, but I mean, after numerous alcoholic, terribly beery evenings with DKW continually explaining the herringbone to me. I still don't get it. And perhaps, actually, it's maybe a podcast uh, on its own. But just a a brief one there, George. I think Samantha has clearly set the bar extremely high uh, for Luke when he's surely going to make his his co-driving debut alongside you. He is. He is. Uh, uh, Have you never done? Have you never? Have you never competed, Luke? I did one. <clears throat> my voice got very croaky there. I was quiet for a while. I did. I did one uh, <laughs> circuit rally in May last year, but to be, to that say I was count. yeah to say <laughs> to say I was co-driving might be a slight stretch. I was kind of just sitting there praying and then saying go right or go left at the splits. <laughs> so, but it's a start. You got to no, start no. somewhere. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get you. Absolutely. We'll get you. We'll get you co-driving on a road rally. I'll find out the next one. It might be. Uh, it might be down in the borders. That's fine. We'll come and do. I'm that I'm far one. more interested. I'm far more interested at this point, though, to know what Samantha wants to do next. Uh, well, she wants. To, she she quite fancies drifting, and I explained to her drifting Ooh. required 400 horsepower cars. So uh, we have settled on an auto test, um, which is going to be at uh, Errol Airfield, an old airfield, uh, no longer in use as an airfield, except I think for skydivers. Uh, but but the. The car club has access to an area of that airfield where they set up an auto test and it's all forward. There's no reversing auto test. So it's just like a little series of tiny wee miniature special special stages. Jim Carna oh, style. Um, so all, yeah. all forwards. Yeah. So she's going to do that. And I, I said, uh, you need, you'll probably need the handbrake. So her car won't do that. She's got a Golf with an electronic handbrake. So I said she can oh. use my Mini Cooper S. The person who, who, who invented the electronic handbrake should be lined up and shot. 
They are the world's worst. I mean, what on, all the fun it, out of everything. What's the point of driving with an electronic handbrake? I'm just lost. I mean, well, high cars. The point. The point of the point of an electric handbrake is for it to be parking. That's the. It's <laughs> called a parking brake. No longer a yeah, handbrake. Who, who listening to this podcast, George, wants a handbrake for parking? No, nobody, nobody nobody in their right and, mind wants that <laughs> and uh, one it's thing so just come fun. to me i i was determined not to google it and i have googled it just to double check aki tyskinen aki tyskinen he invented the electronic handbrake i don't think so no no he was ta- he was <laughs> tain suspension wasn't he Yes, he 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 was sponsored by them for a while. Yes. Oh, was he? I thought he owned nice. them. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 no. A bit no, of a tangent because no. he, he, he was. I think he was the Finnish. He was the Finnish uh, importer. Or one of the ah, Finnish okay. importers. But he was, he, was an he was driving a Subaru when you were. That's looking correct. After yes. Them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an interesting I, I, character. He nearly won a couple of events and always managed to throw it away. <laughs> ah, there's been a, there's, right. there's lovely been a, sorry. guy. Lovely guy. Sorry, Lise. That's a nice segue. I'm going to move. I'm going to move us on to to Croatia because we have we've got this lovely list of oh, fantastic man. talking points. What an event! And I, I want to start with you, Luke, because uh, launched out with David Evans. I don't know who was. Um, Maverick and who was Goose, but uh, there you were, <laughs> out, out in Croatia, I ready think. for your first proper WRC Rally Croatia Dirtfish experience. How was it? And you know, tell us your your first impressions of your first day. Careful how you answer that, Luke. Stages. Very careful how you answer. Your future employment depends on what you're about to say <laughs> in the next five minutes. You, you did make a lot of jokes about me being sacked over the weekend, actually, so... <laughs> I, it's hard to tell which ones are serious and which ones weren't, but we will be careful. That one's serious. <laughs> no, it was. It this was is re- bullying it, in the workplace. I'm hearing bullying in the workplace. It's fine, George. Just I've got, I've got a thick skin. I've got a thick skin. It's fine. <laughs> Words don't hurt me, as they say. <laughs> but no, it, it was genuinely really, really good and really good fun for me because I'm sure it's something that everyone listening would would love to do if they can get to as many WRC rallies anywhere in the world as they can. You, you're going to take that chance. So. For me, it was something I never really thought would be possible, particularly not so early in my career. So I was very grateful to get the chance to go. And the rally certainly didn't disappoint, did it? And and that was the great thing for me. It was quite strange because normally I watch them all from home and, and write reports for, for Dirtfish.com. And actually, weirdly, being at home, you almost know more about what's going on in the rally than when you do when you're there. Because... That's how good all the live services we get now is. But when you're you're on the road and chasing rally cars, and and that that was a, a thrill for me. And um, watching David drive and try to co-drive for him wasn't so thrilling, but that, that was a circumstance <laughs> we we put up with. And that's me got my P forty five. Um, yeah. but we, we did we did find some some interesting characters out on the road. David, you met a new friend, um, Martin, the Croatian farmer, um, <laughs> which is which is good fun. <laughs> How was his cheese? How was his cheese we, that he gave to that he gave to Esapekalapi? To to Formo, we were offered the cheese, and we were offered was it Formo, beer. We sorry, were offered it was Formo, yeah. Yeah, we were offered all sorts, um, and well, we were just we were up against it time wise, so we didn't really have time. But uh, yeah, it was it, that was very interesting. But I've just you know all joking aside, that was Luke's first foreign WRC round, and I've got to say he was absolutely brilliant. Just close your ears briefly, Luke. Uh, but he was genuinely. A, a massive asset to the team, uh, and he was without a doubt he was Maverick, uh, and I I wasn't even Goose. Uh, he was, but he was great. Yeah, and it was <laughs> really good to have him along. We're going to do a lot more of it this year with with Luke. I've got it sorted out. So Ken, Kenya should just be Luke and me. Yeah. <laughs> and leave you, and, you, you and Colin can go and do can go and do uh, Goodwood, and we'll do Goodwood we'll Kenya. Yeah, <laughs> Colin will yeah. never ever speak to me again. <laughs> never. <laughs> Luke, no, no. The, um, the, the thing that we can ever get across on a podcast or however you watch it remotely is the smell of a rally, the smell of the rally fuel. The Where are we dirt, going with this, dust, Lise? The brake dust. That, I mean, but that, that's the kind of thing that you, you, you get that whole... Yeah. I think with rallying, you, all of your senses get assailed at some point. It's, it's, it's atmosphere. You're absolutely right. It certainly beats where I'm currently sat at my desk in a, a two-bedroom flat in Edinburgh. Nothing wrong with where I live, but it's not quite the same experience for it <laughs> watching a rally. So it is the problem. Coming to next round in Portugal, sat at home, might feel a little bit stale. Um, but I'm sure I'll get through that. Um, beggars can't be choosers. That's a very okay. first world problem, that one. Um, but we'll get to a little bit on the rally. If I, if I may kick things well, off... Just quickly, what a on unique. Yes, do do. Callie Rovenpera. I think 
he's the obvious place to start. But Yari Matty Latva called it his best win ever so far. I know he's only got four, but it's still quite a statement given how how much he's progressing. What do we all think to that? Do we think this was Cali's best performance? And if so, what what does this mean going forward? Because I guess the point situation, it's very easy to get carried away, but it's looking for me quite quite ominous already. I wouldn't go for I wouldn't go for uh, closing anything up, but the guy is obviously absolutely brilliant, without a doubt. His Friday was perfect. He very courteously picked up a puncture on uh, on Saturday, which was very decent of him. Uh, and then well, what happened to him on uh, well, just tire choice on 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 Sunday mm. wasn't wasn't as good as as Hyundai. And, but, it but, just, but of all that, of all that, sorry, sorry, David, go ahead. No, so George, just you're dead right. It's a tire choice, and that was one thing. Just just to talk about very briefly, uh, we all kind of looked at it and said, "Yeah, he got it. He got it wrong." But actually, he won. You know, across that loop of stages, mm. he he won. So Tanak got it kind of dramatically right in that really wet one uh, on the the penultimate stage. But mm. ultimately, who did get it right really? And, and I, I, I disagree with that, David. I, I think Cali still took the wrong tyres. I think he drove through his, his, his poor tyre choice on the last stage. I think Tanak's tyres were marginally better for that Paris stage. Cali just did a better job on the stage, if you know what I mean by that. I don't know if that made sense. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just looking. Uh, uh, I'm still reeling, actually, Luke, from you saying you disagree with me, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's somewhere somewhere on Evans, our, on, on I'm our sure favorite... I disagree with both of you. <laughs> Somewhere on our second favorite website in the whole wide world, which is obviously ewrc-results.com, they do that thing, don't they, where that you can look at the results leg by leg. Um, and I just can't put my finger on it uh, because I actually I think I will contradict myself terribly uh, and say that he well, was whilst, what? that Cali was uh, that um, Tanak was fastest across the final loop of stages mm. across Sunday. Yeah, he mm. was. He was. Yeah, yeah. I think there was about twenty seconds between them before the final day. Um, and yeah, so walked, forget it. it five, forget yeah. everything I've just uh-huh. said. Yes, we yes. will. I've forgotten about. <laughs> what an idiot! It is actually the button that just says leg three only. Uh, so yeah, sorry, EWRC. Brilliant, brilliant service. And yeah, I was completely incorrect. Yeah, yeah. So but basically, say, there's something. There's sorry. something interesting with Kelly Rovenpera that um, I'm seeing in tennis as well. So. Anyone who has been watching any of the tennis at the beginning of this year will know of Carlos Alcaraz and nice this young Spaniard. Thank you very much. He he is changing the way tennis is played. He is so different from everyone else. He's so fast. He's got every stroke, you know, and some. But he's just different from everyone else and that much better. And Cali Rovenpera seems to be that version in a rally car. He may, he may be, but I mean, the, the, he, look, he made the he, he made the best of a fantastic opportunity on Friday, and that's not taking anything away from him. Far from it; it's giving him even extra. He he definitely got better road conditions. How much better is always debatable because the roads never clean, even when your first car on the road, because everyone before you is cut. But he made a brilliant Friday. He got a puncture on Saturday. Well, half the field got punctures on Friday anyway, so it was his turn on Saturday. You know, he, he, by his own confession, he, he couldn't see what he'd done. He couldn't see that he'd actually picked up a puncture, but he got one anyway. On Sunday, I think that uh, um, Hyundai made an inspired tyre choice. Um, it may have been a gamble. I suspect it was a calculation uh, on on the, the options, and I think they got it right. I was a bit dismayed by by Ott's comments that oh, we were just a bit lucky with tire choice. You know that 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 is that that's a big takeaway from your team. A lot of people no, George, will have sweated George, hang, guts hang on a to get the right tire George, choice. George, let's just put the record straight on that one. He okay. he did. He spoke uh, expansively uh, to us at the end and and thanked the yeah. team. Wholeheartedly, oh, good. You're oh, dead I'm, I'm right. sure he did. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't meaning it. That I wasn't meaning it that he was saying anything negative. But I mean, for himself, why was he taking it away? He did the most for me. He was the driver of the rally, uh, uh, even above Cali's incredible performance and his comeback at the finish, which was amazing. But still, that was one of the best drives Ott's ever done. 
quite clearly nothing was just absolutely perfect, but he came out and he damn near won the event. That was an incredible performance for him. And it showed a level of maturity that we've somehow not often seen from him. And that tenacity from him, that that sticking ability, didn't put a foot wrong himself, as far as I could see anywhere. He really didn't put a foot wrong. He just he just plugged away. That was a championship winning drive. And let's make no mistake, he was in just about as bad a road position as as Elf and Evans. He wouldn't have put much between the two in terms of the options. Yet he was leading the rally, uh, and, and uh, um, Elfin was nearly three minutes back. What's going on there? How can Elfin be that far back? How can that happen? That's not right. He had a, he had a puncture on Friday. Okay, that that was forty seconds. Uh, he had. I can't remember what else he had. He had. I did up the time. I think. I think I came to two minutes twenty seconds or two minutes 10 seconds that he'd lost it still didn't explain why he was as far away as he was he was just not on the pace at all but I also understand that you know he was desperate to just get some points on the board he had flashes of brilliance and that was great um obviously just didn't feel that he could push out because quite frankly another non-finish would have certainly taken him out of it so maybe strategically he's done the right thing tactically it, it, it was going to be that because because he just had to they had to pull that result in but but again that just outlines what Ott did in much the same position mm. the guy damn near won the rally what a great result i i would you mind if i jumped in there of course i'll shut up now R- rarely have i disagreed with you more george uh I, excellent i thought uh <laughs> I I thought it was it was a good event from Oi. I thought it was a sensible event, and from a maturity perspective p- point of view, he drove a very good rally. You're dead right. He needed the points. He got it to the finish. So far, you're on, not disagreeing with me. On Friday night, he was a <laughs> minute, a minute, almost a minute and thirty behind. If it hadn't been for Robin Perra's puncture, you know, Robin Perra yeah. would have won by two and a half minutes probably. Yeah. yeah. Tannock, but the road the road position accounts for that. There was there was, there was, yeah, a, ta- there was a Tannock the puncture on Friday as well, just to, just for clarity. I mean, yeah, yeah, there so you are. That that Thank was you. part of that gap. He was behind anyway, yeah. but there, there was. So they both had a puncture at some point That's in right. the rally. Yeah. In in terms yeah. in terms of a sensible drive, it was exactly exactly that from Tanak. He didn't. I don't think at any point we saw Tanak absolutely on the door handles, because it. it he could have gone harder, you know. You look at that first split that time. Was, in, that in that the was fu- apparent on the last. That was apparent on the yeah, last stage, on, David, wasn't it? On the it? last stage, yeah. In the mud at the yeah. first. In the first split, he yeah. he really should have uh, beaten Calais across there. Um, mm. But no, I, I I thought it was a good event from from Oit. I think it was a, a sensible drive, and it was exactly what he and Hyundai needed. But it wasn't one of his best for me. But the the point as well that I would push a little bit with Elvin is. A puncture on the first stage immediately on his back foot and it was i think it was closer to a minute that he lost yeah um, it was and you you know george don't you that as soon as you've the wind has gone out of your sails yes oh you know, no a, i mean a, a first like class a totally feel for him yeah it, you know by the third stage he was quickest again so i mean he kept on mm. pushing he was quickest again on the first stage on, yep. on saturday morning but i think massively in his head the same as tanak they needed to put points down and if they didn't Goodness me, you know, Calais would just yeah. be oh, absolutely yeah, out of, uh, yeah, completely, you gone, know, out of, out of reach for them. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, I, the one thing I did want to ask, sorry, Lise, or whoever breathed in there, <laughs> I'll keep this very, very brief. <laughs> Wasn't me. Jo- George, you've seen one thing that really intrigues me right now is the way that Robin Perra is driving with such confidence. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing stressed him. Even when Tanak took those that bit of time out of him on Saturday afternoon and kind of brought him in a little bit closer, still, um, Calais had that ability to put that stage time in on the final stage on Saturday. You've worked with Tommy Mackinnon and seen a Finn that can walk on water. And do you feel that we're getting into that sort of window, if you like, with with Calais already? Well, uh, well, absolutely, yes. 100% totally agree with you. Sorry, David, I don't see the disagreement we've had here at all. You've tried to make a, a, a drama out of this and you've just not succeeded. No, I totally I, I, no, agree. I just Cali, don't, think it, was always, I don't without... think it was by any means a, a championship winning drive from Tanaka. I don't think it was one of his, even his top 10 drives. I don't well, think, I think it was even think in his top 100 drives. Think, 
Well, I think ultimately, given the circumstance, okay, he had a puncture on the first day, but he had that rotten road position, rotten strategic position uh, situation, and he did he did absolutely brilliantly, except the last stage. I felt a little bit deflated for him on the last stage because, I mean, d- did he start that last stage thinking, well, I'm on the soft tyres, it's going to be so much easier for me, I don't even have to push here to beat Cali because he's on the hard tyres. No, because uh, the, the road it, had dried if, a lot. Hadn't it? Yes, I mean, I saw the whole thing. Um, I mean, I, 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 I say I saw the whole thing. I, I, I did w- watch it, but I watched it retrospectively because I got frustrated with incredibly poor uh, live footage because it kept breaking up, which, which just makes me mm. feel ill. Um, so I, I t- tend to watch it on the recordings. But um, I, I, I somehow I, I struggled to read uh, Tanak at the finish on the stop line. He wasn't utterly crestfallen that he hadn't won. He, no. Yeah, but was he was he a little bit surprised and just almost speechless? Um, no, it's difficult he to was, say that a man's speechless. He was grateful for the when, points. He was he was I think happy he, that I he think put ultimately, points down. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think and, I think that's sorry know, to, if I could just interrupt. I think that is quite a key point. Course. Is that weirdly, in some ways, you'd expect. Tanak to be the one that really needed and wanted the 25 points and Cali to be the one that could realistically actually have afforded to come second because he was still ahead of, of Thierry Neville who remains his closest championship rival so second wouldn't mm-hmm. actually have been a catastrophe for, uh, catastrophe sorry for Cali but it did, for me it speaks volumes of the confidence Robin Perra now has with himself and the car mm-hmm. so if, if this was Tanak say two or three years ago in, in his world championship season there was no way he was going to get beaten in that power stage not a chance but now with the way the high end die is yes on this rally it seems to be that again in the changeable conditions the car is actually kind of where they want it to be but you can see he's not as david said he wasn't ever driving on the door handles he didn't have and doesn't have the confidence to do that with the car whereas cali ever since aside from I think one one or two days in Monte Carlo ever since then he's been absolutely on top of it and all the results and the form he's got he's just there's a real swagger and arrogance about him and, and, and I mean arrogance in a good way just a confidence is probably a better word for it but mm-hmm. he's got such assurance of what he's doing right now it's and I remember we David and I I say David and I, I David spoke to him I, I watched him <laughs> but we spoke we spoke to <laughs> Essa Pekalapi at the end of the rally and David was asking how good is Cali and he just he looked to the sky and he said he's that good, godlike performance. And I thought no. that was just mm-hmm. incredible for. And yes, Esapek is not fighting Cali, so there's not and their teammates. So there's going to be respect, and they're both Finnish drivers. But it's mad to see that amount of respect he's already getting from his competitors. And the mm. scary thing is he's 21 years old, so there could be a lot of years <laughs> of this sort of stuff. He can only get better, so it's it's, it's deeply impressive. It's definitely deeply impressive, um, without a doubt. I mean, and, and you know, the, I look forward to seeing. And what a tough rally! I mean, it wasn't a rally; it was a rally cross. I mean, it, it was it was it was like a, a wet, That's... muddy rally cross from nineteen sixty seven when it started. That's, that's when it all right. started. Those, those, those conditions on um, on Friday were quite remarkable um, and, mm. and tremendously entertaining. And then, actually, probably the most mental conditions were on. The penultimate stage on stage nineteen when yeah. we had this debate, hadn't we, Luke? That was the weather going to change? Would the rain come? And and obviously Toyota just didn't see it coming at all. Um, and and somehow Hyundai made this in, inspired and tremendous decision to to put some uh, some wets along with some softs on the car, and and they absolutely reaped the benefit. But when that rain came, we were standing in the service park, uh, and you could feel the wind gathering, the clouds came, and it just bucketed down uh it was it was great but that you know i remember last year it was ogier we were standing talking after he'd won last year talking about how great this rally was uh and and is croatia you know the roads there are just superb um quite unlike any other tarmac rally you can't pigeonhole this one at all there's just a real sort of natural flow but loads of crests you know chenny at the weekend he drove through a lot of the stages um and he said it's just like a finland on tarmac uh and it was it was just brilliant but at the end of last year's event i remember talking to ogier about how good these roads were and how much of a good event and and he sort of said you know if ever you get a wet one of these if you get some rain in here the grip is already really low. It'll just go through the floor and you would have just mm. the most incredible event. And that's exactly what happened. 
It is. It's tremendous. Tremendous. But was... what about uh, talking of tremendous, um, Thierry Neuville? Tell me about that. You guys were on the ground. What happened we there? We need to move on to that. What a... Yeah. Gee, you must have run out of... Your, your typewriter. Sorry. <laughs> how far, how far there, did David. he push the car? Must have been uh, absolutely on fire. I, yeah, it was quite incredible to go through the sort of list of issues that um, that he had, which I, I kind of drilled down a little bit uh, for my column today. And I'll just read i kind of listed them uh so alternator problem in stage and, and you do you really needed to keep on top of it because it's like really hang on not again not another one so yeah. so alternator problem in stage four uh they worked in the car on on the car after the stage uh and then the car obviously stopped going into service so they had to push the car in uh, and they were both exhausted. How, how far exhausted. did they push it how far not, did they have not to push tremendously it? far but i think there might there was probably a little bit of incline um, I think it was about, eight, think it was about 800 metres, George-ish. That's what I heard. That, that, I mean, yeah, but any sort of incline Actually, that's all, quite a long way. It's just a dead weight, yeah. yeah. And these are yeah, lock, gosh, yeah. locked four-wheel drive. You put any lock on the car at all, you've just pressed the brakes. And it stops, yeah. It yeah, stops, and they're a bit yeah. heavier. They're, they're, I think, 12, 80 kilos now. So mm. they put, they pushed it in, uh, and to add insult to injury, they got a 40-second penalty for being late. To add further insult to the insult to the injury, uh, they then got done for speeding on the road section, uh, which got them the minute penalty and two days community service each. Then first thing Saturday morning, um, they missed a junction on the motorway, had to go an extra 12 miles up and down the motorway to get back. Ooh. Then the engine problem happened and they lost power on 13. Then they had a 10 second penalty leaving first service on Sunday because they had a, an issue with the electrics with the hybrid. And then, of course, he crashed on the final stage because he'd, he'd got that hard... Um, tire on, well, the, that's on where the front right. He, yeah, that, that's where he got his luck from. Then that's all his luck arrived at that point. How that he survived point. that, I do not know. It was and, wonderful and it was that just, he did. Literally, George, I said in my in my column today that it's that thing when you drop a slice of toast that you've buttered, and it landed for him. <laughs> <clears throat> it landed dry side, so non it side sort of butter yeah. side up because it pitched yeah. into the bank and then it just dropped nicely that he could just get out. Like you say, it could it could have yeah. gone over. Oh, um, I mean, there was there was a, like a hundred ways for it to not go right, and and yeah. and the hundred and first was his, and he, he yeah. got back out. Good on him. Yeah. Good yeah, on but him. But it was, and and the the real striking thing with with Thierry, he is an absolute fighter. You know, he just oh, doesn't tremendous. give up. I don't. Tremendous. I don't really know another driver in the championship, bar none, that can take all of those punches and keep getting up and keep coming back yeah. um, in, in the way that he did them. And, and we laughed about it at yeah. the finish. You know, it, it was just I saw him laughing, yeah. I saw some of the videos. It was amazing. Yeah. He just no, took it all on the job. chin. Yeah, super brilliant. Job. And brilliant, I, yeah. The, 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 the one concern is that, you know, it was another speeding fine. He, spe he was done for speeding in Estonia last year and given a one-event uh, yeah. one suspended ban. It, it's... We, you've been in that position, George, where you're late. You've got a problem with the car. You know you don't want to be late arriving into service. But these days, there is absolutely no escape. You know the FIA is well, watching. No. Rally Safe is watching every move. Yeah. You know the minute you go yeah. north of the speed limit, it's flashing a light somewhere in rally control. It, it's absolutely mm -hmm. a calculated risk. Well, it's not a calculated risk at all. It's not at all, it? actually. Because, because <laughs> it's, it, it, it's you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a big uh, mistake. Attack, to do it's it. a tackle graph. There's there's if if you if you speed, you're going to um, you're going to get penalised, and that's yeah. all there is to it. And I understand that some of the penalties a driver can get, you know, through a village where there's a thirty or a twenty kph limit that you just you know you and just don't no, quite see no the sign, and you're no, doing you, thirty, and someone says you're a one and a half times the speed limit. Well, okay, you'll but take. That, that's never an argument, David. No, I'm sorry, that's never an no, argument, George. No, no, I'm not, not suggesting it note, is. It's on the I'm notes, not, and yeah. you've yeah. wrecked, and I'm, I'm not, and you cannot. Argue I'm, against it, unfortunately. I'm not, I'm not suggesting you, you, you do argue it. against it, Lisa. Of course, of course, I'm not. But I'm just what I'm, my, my point being is, you know that that's the risks you, you you take. So you cannot go speeding. You're just going to have to take the road penalties. It's ten seconds a minute, so you, you're going to be three minutes late. So that's going to be thirty seconds. If you think you can speed, you're quite clearly going to get a much heavier penalty. And yeah. we saw it happen. So so why did he do that? What didn't I mean? I know he's a fighter and everything, but come on. Thierry, you know, you know, you've you've already been collared last year a couple of times. Mm. Get a grip. 
get a grip on that and we'll see you mm. getting the results you need to get. Yeah, but and you also stand the risk now of being used as the um, the show pony to, oh, yeah. to be made an example of as totally. well, and that's yeah. that's going to have a massive, potentially a massive effect further down the line. We should, we should, but yeah. I mean, sorry, Lee. sorry, just no, just on. one quick um, point to make there. We should point out that uh, Hyundai has taken the appeal process and it has this ninety six hour window, which should be coming to an end this evening i think uh so we will find out if they have actually appealed that uh that one minute penalty for and obviously the two minutes of community service for them so we, yeah, we spoke to the, the sorry, community Lee. service will be the well not the community service it'll be the the outstanding warrant effectively you know he's got points on his license hasn't he if he makes yeah. another mistake he's into suspended bans etc which or, or mm. bans even you're know, missing an event that would not be good. So yeah, that's the that'll be the real issue, and that's the only thing that would be of any value to uh, to to protest against at this point. Right. But, but it, I, I just it was just quite incredible <clears throat> to see the that that car, the the number eleven uh, Hyundai coming across the line with two punctured tires. You know, it looked as though it had been in some sort of demolition derby when it finished the power <laughs> stage. It was extraordinary. I, but but to, to finish the rally the way he did, you know, after all of that as well, it's just, it is extraordinary. Yeah. And a double podium for Hyundai as well. Yes, yeah. just absolutely what they needed. Um, I think the one big point to make here is, is, uh, is, is what you and I were talking about, Luke, yesterday, is the fact that actually they're not there on pace, um, but they got there. And that's all that matters now. And what we have to do right now is look forward to Portugal. And I think some of the drivers were telling you, Luke, that they've not done um, an awful lot of time on gravel, have they? No, I don't think. I think what Tanak was saying is this week is his first time ever in the car on any kind of gravel surface, which is quite mental. But just just to make a quick point yeah. on Hyundai, and it's, it's a very quick point, but what's kind of been overlooked and because i don't think many people really look at the manufacturers championship but they're up to second now they're past m sport mm. and it, i think mm. a lot of people would probably suggest that the puma at least at this point is potentially a more sorted car it seems like it's got a wider operating window anyway um but they are up to second and i think that a lot of that is down to both newville and tanak actually i know solberg's had a couple of difficulties this year already but both Tanak and Yuville seem to be at a level well we know they're at a level but they can just grind out results and it's it's interesting to see what they'll be able to do on gravel because there's been all this talk and we've mentioned it already in this podcast about how the car was on Monte, a very typically or untypically sorry, dry Monte Carlo rally it wasn't really where anybody expect well they actually supposed to maybe did expect it because he had a, a difficult winter but it wasn't where they wanted to be anyway um, Sweden was better, Croatia was better because the, the conditions were mixed, but what can it do on, on a gravel rally like Portugal? And if it isn't competitive, that's going to be a huge problem because I think the analogy David used yesterday, and I can't remember who he was speaking to when he said it, but this is a very big chapter in the book of that is the World Rally Championship season. If you're not quick on gravel, you, you've got a massive problem because at least over 50%, I've not done the maths to work out what the percentage is, but most of it is on on gravel so you have to have a good car there so the next few weeks of, of testing and dialing the setups and everything will be crucial but let's let's not forget i suspect they've been doing some bits and bobs in the background that we probably don't even know about <laughs> and so yeah no but uh, you, i mean you it's right you would certainly hope so you, you you do make these these uh these cars you make a gravel car and then you you evolve it into a tarmac car don't you george i mean probably when you were in the thick of it you made two cars <laughs> three cars including a safari I'm, I'm sorry that i didn't including mean that. a safari rally yeah well the cars the cars the cars were quite different um asphalt to yeah. gravel i mean you, you different 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 cross members different you know yeah. different um different roll centers on them different pickups uh sometimes well different 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 uh completely different uh, a-arms on the front as well yeah and, and, and that's their, their sig significant difference yeah yeah they were they were significant these are these are much more all roundy, and of course they've just got the tractor transmission on them now, which is mm. sort of a shame and sort of good at the same time. And certainly not complaining about the spectacle, that's for sure. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant to watch. Um, but what, George? One thing I want to ask you now is if if you were in Hyundai's position, and and like Luke said, you know we've discovered that they don't, they really genuinely don't have an awful lot of time. Um, meaningful data 
I think they went to Chateau Le Stores, if we're right, Luke, last year, and it rained. So, you know, nobody mm. really goes to Chateau Le Stores for, for the rain. What do you do in that position? How There's so much to work on in the car, isn't there, when you've got so little experience and you just don't know what, what the car's going to be like. There is. I mean, from, from, from one point of view, it, you know, it, it's got that locked transmission now, so that's taking a fair bit of setup yes. option out of, out of the equation. Um, yeah. They've got two of the most fabulous drivers in the world, the world, uh, Ott and and Thierry. Absolutely amazing. And and honestly speaking, you know, I, I think also Oliver keeps uh, giving us little surprises and little glimpses of pace. And you know, he's very much overshadowed by his teammates in many ways and senses. But um, he continues to surprise me with his performance. And and. Uh, um, you know, I think it was. I think it was very early for him to start in the WRC, and very early to expect him to get any sort of decent results. So I was thinking he would have a pretty tough year, and I didn't think he would be as close on the pace as he as he as he sometimes is. You know, uh, um, okay, he, you know, he's still making little mistakes. Well, you see, little mistakes. I think the the mistake he had on uh, finally in Croatia was 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 tiny but you could see it just went on forever you know before yeah. he finally but just not George George the bank, George but, just forget yeah. Oliver Solberg briefly because okay. he's, he's not going to Portugal but you have just made the best and most salient point I think we've ever had on any of these podcasts and it is the simple fact that actually maybe all is not lost for high and die because you know the transmission a lot of the, the sort of black art of this thing yeah. has gone now yeah. hasn't it it's gone yeah it's gone so I mean, okay, the the the, um, the there's a little bit a little bit of black art around the 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 the, the hybrid, but you know it, it's ten or fifteen seconds worth of boost is what it equates to. So mm. yes, yes, it you know you you got to use it intelligently. I'm not I'm not quite sure how all the mappings work. I've not had a chance to, to really sit with anyone and 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 understand that, which which greatly hurts me. But uh, I'll get there eventually with that. But no, I think. Uh, I would be very surprised if we don't see Hyundai just, I mean, what a gritty first half of the year they've had. I mean, for, well, for, say first half because we're nearly halfway through the year, but we're only three events into the championship. We're, we're not, we're, we're, we're barely a quarter of the way in. So, wow, I think, I think, uh, don't underestimate them. They're, those two guys have, you know, really managed to pull things out of the hat. Uh, I don't think they'll be, I don't think they'll be that far away in Portugal. I think they'll be closer again. Just nibbling away, and the the fact they've got Christian Lorio, uh, you know, uh, well, with, categorically, with, with, you know, with the pen in yeah. his hand, you know, designing these things. Yeah, there yeah. are very, very few people that know more about making a rally car work than than Christian. He he there, will be doing an incredible job. Uh, the, is an incredible individual. I don't. Know if, I mean, if you've yeah. not met Christian Lorio, you've not had that that full Christian Lorio experience. The guy is just magical. He really is just a completely okay. crazy guy. Fantastic, there, brilliant. It's, it's very safe to say there were very few people in Croatia with bluer spectacles than Christian Lorio at the weekend. <laughs> he uh, he was sporting some new new uh, new bins that were that were pretty spectacular. <laughs> You even love his glasses. Oh, yeah. There you are. No, he's a, he's a fantastic engineer. Absolutely brilliant. It's lovely to see him, you know, back here at the front of all this uh, Hyundai yeah. team there, uh, leading the technical charge on behalf of them. Uh, and have I'm, we... Uh, I'm sure, they'll, I'm sure they'll come good by the middle of the year. Have, have we spoken enough about M Sports? No, no, we have not. <laughs> it's just difficult, difficult event kind of, for, for M Sport. It's so I, difficult, isn't it? Yeah. I, I have to, uh, to to jump off in approximately four minutes. So what I might do is chat about uh, M Sport and then leave leave you to to, to discuss uh, Olympus in Luke's very capable hands. Perfect. Um, uh, and for for yeah, for, 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 for yeah. Mo's got to be the they, big talk point, hasn't he? I think. <laughs> well, he he has. Yeah, I'm not sure actually. I think for me, Luke, you know, Breen somebody that we kind of thought when we went into it that he would be right at the front. You know, he's shown great, great pace on, on mixed conditions on tarmac, but fundamentally struggled in Croatia last year and he kind of struggled. He did struggle in Croatia this year. He he wasn't where he would have wanted to be. Uh, yep. It was it was not a strong event for them. Greensmith, for me, looked looked good. Lube, we saw some really strong times from him. Both of them were were knocked out of the picture by punctures. Both retired on the first day. Formo crash. 
Yeah. Just, you know, Thierry Neville had that huge moment in exactly the same corner on stage three. Thierry got away with it. Formo was a little bit later turning in and didn't and plowed straight through Paul Martin's hedge. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, exactly what happened, check out dirtfish.com. Look on our YouTube channel and you'll find exactly what happened. Uh, even a bit of a bonus interview with, with Martin, the, the house owner himself, who makes cheese um and is a bit of a mm. farmer uh it, yeah massively difficult event for for m sport but ultimately brini put some points down for them brought the thing home fourth uh, and and they move on yeah i think that's the bottom line they've, they've got low back with them in portugal so yep. uh, they've got two drivers that 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 uh, are both proven uh, podium uh, top step of the podium uh contenders so yeah i mean i think we could see a bit of resurgence for them in portugal and i'm sure the team will be looking for that um yeah. and i'm sh and i'm convinced that that craig will just be you know not not kicking himself but will be will be looking to put you know the first part of the year behind them obviously monte carlo was great sweden was a a disaster this was just a regroup and he, he i think he's done a good job of regrouping now it's time to get out there and get on the front foot now and deliver the, the de deliver big time but you, we can't for, forget that actually you know he's still third in the championship after all yeah. this. And oh, we, yeah we shared a flight home last night with um with paul nagel didn't we luke uh and actually we shared it with paul nagel and a whole load of other British Airways passengers. Let's not make it sound as though it was like a private jet or anything. <laughs> it sounded, I was going to say, it yeah. sounded like a private jet, quite clearly in business very class, grand. just so everyone understands. No, very much in, in the back of the plane we were. Um, and and actually, you know, Paul said, we we would have taken third in the championship um, at the, the, after three rounds at the top of the season. So, uh, and ultimately, I think, you know, as much as Craig was a, uh, was struggling a bit. Paul was probably the biggest loser because he's the one that actually left the event with a black eye, which was quite uh, not the thing that we were expecting to see. So as as they were sorting the the, the spare wheel out, um, he pulled the sort of the bungee thing and thought he'd hooked it in, and it sprung out and and clouted him in the uh, in the eye, uh, and it's left him with a shiner in his left eye, um, oh, which is which could have been not worse. Ideal, but could have been worse. Thank yeah. Gang, that is it for me. I'm afraid I have to uh, love you all and leave you. Uh, don't, um, don't, don't stop on my account. Uh, Luke's got lots to say still. George, everybody, I'm sorry. Lisa, very sorry uh, for this. I will leave you in no peace problem. and catch up next week. We bid adieu to our senior staff writer David Evans. They're off to um, go and do some more senior staff writing. And look and look and Lisa, I have to do. I have to do exactly the same as David's done. I'm afraid. Right, can you can you hold on for just two minutes? No, can we, no, can we just do I, no I can't. You've got I'm to go sorry. as well. David, I've, I've got that's it, George. Right, well, it's me and Luke. Me and Luke. <laughs> and Luke. We'll hold the Luke. Thank you so much, George. Amazing. Thank Luke, you, David. Luke, do, do, do that event proud because Olympus looked absolutely amazing and I want to listen about Block's crash. I want to understand that. Why did he crash? Was he under pressure? I'm going to listen to the podcast later. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank Excellent. you both. That's our former motorsport team boss, George Donaldson, bowing out. It's just the two of us, Luke. Hardcore to the end. Um, too much too much talking at the beginning, I feel, there. You are still there. <laughs> I, I am still here, don't worry. <laughs> I, I don't have a call to disappear for, so you have me for as long as you need me, Lisa. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yes, let's talk about the uh, Dirtfish Olympus Rally. And, uh, yeah, Brandon Semenuk. Yeah, Brandon Semenuk. To be honest, it's looking quite ominous for him as well. I mentioned in the World Championship how Cali's got a big advantage but in the american rally association at the minute brandon seminick he's won three of his last four starts and that extends back to last year but the other event in there he was leading until the second last stage before uh i can't actually remember what the issue was but there's a mechanical issue somewhere with his subaru but he's found a real bout of form he's had two years of of learning the ARA and all the rallies in his car now and it all seems to be coming good for him um i'm really quite on a I mean, Sorry, he's, he's, he's not he's not just doing well. He's winning everything, all the stages. I mean, nobody's getting a look in, are they? No, it's it, it's impressive. And I, th I think I, I don't want to speak ill of, of John Hall because John Hall's a fantastic co-driver in his own right. And I don't think who he's got with him now, Keaton Williams, is necessarily any better. But I think there's definitely something there. I think something's clicked with, with Brandon and, and Keaton. And on a personal level for, yeah. for Keaton, I'm really happy for him that he's managed to to get this because we know a situation last year where we had to 
Sadly, Lever, a world champion to drive with, with Takamoto Katsuta, pretty much as quickly as he got it. So it's really nice to see that he's found himself a really competitive drive, a professional drive, and he's doing well for himself as well. But the event itself, obviously, Olympus, um, is the only American round we've had in the world championship before. So I think for us Europeans, it is something we tend to have just a, a little bit more knowledge of because of that. Um, particularly those ones that remember yeah. it back in the 80s and this is going to be a memory test i think it was 86 to 88 it ran somebody will definitely right, tell Luke, me can if I, i'm wrong can i just pause there for a you moment can. how old are you 24 so from a memory test point of view you were minus i was minus nine 14 <laughs> Okay, right, we got it. That's fine. Carry yeah, on. Sorry, I'm, I'm just a bit of a nerd. I work these things back. Um, That's good. We love yeah. nerds. We, we, love do, nerds. we do it, rally. We all have to be, don't we? <laughs> but yeah. We absolutely. It's a fantastic... Safe, safe company. You're in a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a fantastic event. It's obviously important to Dirtfish as well because it's our local round of the American Championship. It's one that we sponsor. And we did have a very impressive number of of former and, and ex students and, and current students as well that have been to our rally school out on the stage as well as several of our current staff members as well so it was a sort of a massive dirtfish family gathering if nothing else and please do make sure you keep an eye on the website this week for plenty of features on there because we do have some good stuff coming um but it is oh, it is rewarding to see that for all the guys at the rally school as well because for them they're obviously seeing these guys come through that they're, they're teaching them how to drive a car but you never know if they're actually going to then go and do it. So to see them doing doing events, doing well, and actually competing against the guys that have, have taught them how to do it is, is actually a really nice story. Um, but Ken Block, I will go there. George mentioned it, and I'm going to let you down, George. I actually don't know what caused the crash yet. Um, I obviously was in Croatia, so I probably don't have as close a grip on this rally as I might have done, but all we know is it, it was a 12G accident, so it was quite big. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was it was a heavy one, um, and I think he was there or thereabouts in the lead fight when it happened. But it's it's obviously not ideal for his championship challenge, and there obviously was a bit of controversy around his car when it when it turned up. But he's driving it well, and I think that's what's interesting. We've we've got these fantastic world rally cars in ARA now against the Subarus, which have always been a bit difficult to sort of know how quick they are. It's clear they are very quick if they're keeping up with these these ex latest spec world rally cars but it is definitely a good championship to follow the ARA and Dirtfish is the place to do that absolutely and there will be as you've mentioned there Luke plenty more content popping up on the site and that's the best thing about the dirtfish.com website always something new to read or watch or listen to so make sure you go and check it regularly and if you haven't subscribed to this podcast by now go and subscribe to the podcast and it'll be delivered into your podcast listening um, device of choice. I listen to it on Apple Podcasts just because it's easy. That's where it pops in. Um, and that's where I go and double check that I have made all the right edits and taken the swearing out. <laughs> <laughs> that's always good. See, it's interesting. I listen to mine on Spotify. So there you go. And that's, they're just two of the places you can find us. So we are pretty, pretty much everywhere now, I like to think, which is good. Absolutely, absolutely. And at Dirtfish Rally is also the way to keep in touch. So the, the, nobody, the, the other guys aren't here, but um, can you now, now they're not there and David's not listening anyway, he never listens this far in. How would you sum up your first overseas um, WRC event? I know it's it's kind of magical when you go for the first time and you go to the circus because it is like a big circus, even has a bit, used to have big tops, effectively, <laughs> um, with all the canvas and the cars being... Um, lovingly caressed by the mechanics and the engineers um, and the smells and the noise and, you know, as I say, the feel of the brake dust being chucked in your face. It's something that can be difficult to put into words as far as I'm proving here. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It is. It's just, it's one of these experiences I think you just have to, to have. And, and you can do that as a fan as well. Service parks are, are fairly open nowadays, particularly at the minute, and I, I take this from, from David, I've obviously not been to any apart from at the weekend, So, but I, ha I have seen and I understand the various COVID protocols that have been around, but the World Rally Championship is opening back up. There was a lot more freedom of movement, and it's little things like I'm, I'm sure the media hours now from Portugal are going to be in person and not on Zoom and stuff, so it's nice to see that we can all sort of do it like we were before, but to answer your question, Lisa, it's 
I don't, to be honest, we're, we're recording this on the Monday after, so I flew back, uh, when was it, 8 o'clock this morning, so about 6, 7 hours ago, I arrived home, so I don't think it's quite sunk in for me yet, I've just sort of come back, I'm quite sleep deprived, I'm sat at my desk doing yep. work, recording a podcast, it'll be in a couple of days, I'm like, wow, did I really go and do that? So it's, it's, it's quite... You have like an adrenaline dump, and uh, every, every bit of tiredness suddenly drags you into the world of sleep <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much yeah but the good thing is my my job and i'm very lucky and fortunate that my job doesn't really feel like work as i always say to people somebody is paying me to to write about and talk about rally cars so we cannot complain at all no we cannot thank you very much deputy editor of dirtfish.com luke barry for your insights and your shared experiences from the rally croatia we will be back next week with more rally action on spin the rally pod i'm Lisa Rose sullivan Uh, We might even find out what Colin Clark's up to over in Australia. Who knows? Off on the other side of the planet having a spectacular time. He'll be back in touch and uh, we'll bring you, well, if he has got any words of wisdom, he doesn't really. But we will bring them to you on dirtfish.com. Dirtfish.com.